almost every 15 year old girl that can dance can make more money in yes. marketing yes. than almost every football player. Yes, absolutely. Here, let's get into real talk. Like athletes need to get smart yep. because the laziness of I'm an athlete, I can get appearance fees, I can get endorsements, yep. is over. From Front Office Sports, it's Office Hours, a show where we take you inside the minds of some of the most influential names in the sports industry to break down where things have been and where they are going. Before we get to today's episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Bitrix. New crypto traders have a wide range of options when it comes to selecting tokens, and the same is true for the trading platform they choose to operate on. There are many factors to consider when deciding on a platform, like token selection, trading features, and trade execution speed. But perhaps the most important is security. Bitrix stands above the competition as the most reliable trading platform and sets the standard for security and convenience in the crypto space. Its innovative solutions offer best-in-class asset protection without making compromises on trade, execution, or flexibility. As part of an industry that hinges on security and accountability, Bitrix is committed to protecting its customers in every part of their crypto trading journey. Bitrix respects its users' trust in the platform and rewards that trust with an ever-expanding list of features and functionalities designed to improve their experience. To learn more about our technology and why Bitrix is the superior choice for keeping your crypto secure, visit www.bitrix.com. Again, visit www.bitrix.com. That's B-I-T-T-R-E-X.com. I'm Adam White, and on today's episode, we're joined by Gary and AJ Vaynerchuk. After a long run together atop VaynerMedia, AJ decided to pursue another passion in sports with Vayner Sports. While the two will admit the agency business isn't a good one, they believe that both time and patience is on their side as they look to do what they did with VaynerMedia, with Vayner Sports. Obviously, your, your guys' reputation kind of precedes you, but three years ago, you decided to start a sports agency, buy into a sports agency. Why, and how's that been? Yeah, I mean, I'll start. I think for me, Gary and I started VaynerMedia together, and I did that for the first seven years of my career, but ultimately I decided to make a change and look for something that was more in line with my personal interests. So I took some time off, and between, you know, I was always the kid that played Madden growing up and played 99% franchise mode and 1% the other piece, right? And so Who won the Madden games? You know, we're, we're 11 years apart, <laughs> so I think probably the first 100 games or so Gary took, because I was like five, <laughs> he's 16, that's an issue for yeah. me. I snuck in a few later, but I mean, I would say all-time record. He's probably got it. Nice. But I think we lined it up right now. We didn't I'd play be, as much Madden. We played NHL a lot. Yeah, I was really into NHL 94. Okay. Um, yeah, Madden wasn't that high on the list, I don't think. We played it. Yeah. We played it. We're 11 years apart, man. By yeah. the time I had any capability of even beating him, he was working. So it's like, <laughs> and, and when he was working, like, he was not around. And yeah. the carve-out was watching Jets games on Sundays. But so yeah, it just garage sailing. That too, for sure. And we did that together too. That's honestly the foundation of my business acumen is garage selling and understanding marketplaces and trends and marketing and shipping and logistics and all that. But yeah, I mean, ultimately it just came down to, I thought my experience with VaynerMedia on the service side was gonna be an easy transition to being a player agent. And then, uh, you know, experience with negotiating the contracts here as the chief operating officer. And um, the other thing too that was pretty cool was because Gary and I did a lot of investing, uh, angel investing, we started having conversations with athletes. You know, we, we had dinner with Carmelo, we met with Draymond a bunch of times. And so I saw that I thought athletes were looking for more of this and I just thought that was a real opportunity for us to jump in. We had, uh, we had purchased uh, the major- majority 
we, we purchased a uh, sports representation business prior to AJ fully leaving Vayner and um, that was super on a whim, kind of random story of me wearing a weird Jets jersey, the agent seeing it, got into a conversation months later. He called and said he was having trouble with his investors. Would we take on that, uh, that financial opportunity? Thought it was a good opportunity to learn mm-hmm. uh, in kind of my ever quest to buy the New York Jets. And yeah. so it was sitting there for AJ to kind of take and run as well. So it just kind of... Timing was definitely a big part of it. I mean, I don't think people would ever believe how random VaynerMedia is itself. Like, I, I definitely guess with all the stuff on the. Well, no. I, I'm random, and I like random stuff. But like, there was. I mean, we. I mean, we almost built a fantasy sports business. Like a when deal of the day back business. to the 11 year difference. Like when AJ was coming out of college, we kind of thought there'd be an opportunity to do something. At that point, I'd kind of put the W on the board that I wanted to in the family business and. Fantasy sports, the Groupon Living Social thing that happened, we were right about that movement. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of things in life are macro planned, but micro serendipitous. And I would argue that uh, Vayner Sports is one of those things. Yeah. No, I would agree. Has it been as easy as you expected it to be? Yes and no. Um, I would say yes from the actual execution side. You know, for example, I think a lot of agents try to create this myth that negotiating a contract with an NFL team is rocket science. (laughs) And it's just not, right? Like at the end of the day, if you're capable and you have negotiation skills and you understand numbers, you know, all the data for all the players is public and and accessible for agents, right? The NFL PA database, I can look up every contract for every player and every little tiny stipulation. And so from that perspective, it's been as easy as I expected. I think the thing that's probably been the hardest is when it comes to recruiting some of the younger guys, I think that I underestimated how much smoke and mirrors would rule the day. And you know, we're, we're selling something that I think is really tangible and authentic and real. Um, and I think that unfortunately, a, a part of this business for the 21-year-old kid coming out and the family that is supporting him, this is all of their first time jumping into this thing, whereas the agent has done this countless times. And so they're at a disadvantage, and I definitely underestimated how much um, you know, the smoke and mirrors would win. Um, my own naivete. Uh, yeah, I think from my perspective, it's a tricky one. It reminds me a little bit of like Wine Library in the fact that I'm not great at being a 1B as a human, so that's been a little challenging for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. You know, like I'm ultimately at the mercy of my dad and brand at Wine Library uh, and AJ at Vayner Sports, so that's been challenging for me because like, we're so lucky, we, ha- we have one rodeo that we've already done in working with each other, and we're also, you know, we're just in a, re- we, were, we did a great job, yeah. I think, as a, in a family business in navigating Vayner Media. I think anytime you go into business with a family member, forever your relationship with that person changes. Yeah. You become business partners, mm-hmm. uh, which changes the brotherhood in some ways. For the better I, in this case? I don't think for the better or for the worse. Yeah, I think that's um, right. You know, I think to Gary's point, the reason why it worked so well is that 11 year gap. When we started the media company, it was very easy. You know, he had already 10 plus years of great success in business. I was fresh out of school. So for him to take the lead as a CEO and for me to be supportive of that was a no brainer. And I think that, um, you know, I also think that when you look at kind of our skill sets and our personalities are complementary as opposed to combative. I think that if we were more similar, like we're 95% the same. I think it's a big 
funny aspect that people miss is that I think if you look at the surface, there's a lot of differences, but really corely, fundamentally, we're 95% the same, 5% different. And I actually think that's the magical formula that makes it worse, right? Because we're always on the same, like even if there's the beginning of a disagreement, it like ends right away because we both instantly realize that we're saying the same thing. We're on the same page. So I think that with the with VaynerMedia and what's now VaynerX, it was a really easy seven-year run for the two of us. And I think with this, I can definitely understand Gary's struggles kind of being 1B, so to speak. But I think that thing that makes it work is that this isn't what Gary does full-time. If this is what Gary does full-time, I would gladly take a step back and let him go back to being 1A. So I think you know his role more so as the chairman um, and then obviously I think also, frankly, the foundation of our differentiation. Um, but I could see how he could struggle with it too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like nothing, it's not, I struggle with employees that I am the CEO <laughs> of doing, like when, you know, it's just, it's the nature of like, like how I see the world and like how anybody who I think has some level of success sees the world. So that's a challenge more in a 1B spot than being CEO because then I just blame myself and I'm like, well, I can fire that person. <laughs> That's my fault. Yeah. Um, but it's been super enjoyable. Like, yeah. like going to the combine and like holding my breath that a kid runs a 4-4 instead of a 4-5 something is super enjoyable in comparison to having a Fortune 500 CEO try to explain to me that they think television commercials are good. How has it been, at least for you guys, right? You're talking about that explanation for a Fortune 500 CEO. How has it been with the explanation of what you're doing for these new, and you mentioned it, uh, players coming out when you're battling incumbents, right? CAA, you know, what's, what's it been? I think it's a patient. I mean, I, I, I'll let AJ answer for himself, but from my standpoint, I'm laughing at anybody that's confused on how this story ends. Yeah, it's, it's not been a challenge at all. It's maybe moved a tick slower than I anticipated, but you know, we're up to 40 clients. We had seven guys at the combine just now. We have nine free agents. Like from every standard, you know, it's funny. We have such massive expectations for ourselves. Yeah. And Vayner Media, being my first real business experience, we took that company from non-existent to, you know, six hundred employees in seven years. So from that, like revenue and growth, for me, there's times where I'm just competitive. I'm like, man, like we need to be moving faster. But then every time I meet somebody in the industry, and they're like, so like, how long have you been around? Three years. Like, wait, what? Yeah. You have forty clients in three years. So it's funny. It's uh, I have a really interesting comparable with the first run to this, and it's, it's just a different business. But to Gary's point, like, I know where this is going to net out five to ten years from now. So there, it's not even really a second thought. Yeah, secretly, I kind of like losing. So, like, this has been really fruitful on that front, which is like, <laughs> yes, we're winning, but I'm sure at the upper, upper brass of the game, they're like, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for where's sure. There, where's there like five first rounders, yep. which is very much where I have it in my head of like where we should be and what should be going on. Yeah. And so, yep. I secretly kind of like it. I kind of like being in indie. I kind of like being at the draft. I kind of like being at the Senior Bowl, Super Bowl because I know what's going through some of those A players' minds when I walk by them, and I just enjoy that competitive spirit of like, that's cool fuckface, but we're gonna see how this plays out, and you're gonna end up being wrong. What what changes to make it play out like that, or what do you need to continue time. to do? Time, it's literally, so the number one hurdle that we face um, for a lot of people making the decision is track record, and you can't manufacture track record out of thin air. That's it, it's just time. Yeah. And, and for you guys, what's obviously the advantage having, what's the interplay between the Vayner properties and Vayner Sports, right? Because you have the advantage of here of, of running the agency, working with big brands. I'm assuming they're coming to you saying, hey, we want to work with athletes. And now it's like, hey, we have athletes. Yeah. What's that interplay been like? 
we're very careful with it. Um, there's a church and state aspect yeah. of it. Um, and, you know, obviously with, with Vayner X, they have a fiduciary duty to their clients and there's, there's lines that need to be there. But yeah, there's, there's instances where there's that collaboration. But I think less about the actual um, work between the two companies and more about just the fact that, you know, I'm the CEO of Vayner Sports and I used to be the COO of Vayner Media. So just the, I think the outsider's perspective and understanding of media and marketing and then obviously Gary, his personal brand, um, I think brings tremendous value. So, you know, for example, we sign a new client that's in a new city for the first time. Gary puts out an Instagram story saying, hey, businesses in this city, we just signed this player, we're looking for action, we get 250 emails in 24 hours. I think that's an advantage that is impossible to replicate. I mean, it's laughable to compare our off the field capabilities to anybody, including the leaders, yeah. uh, outside of like the number one person at CAA can get the CAA benefit, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this uh, like the interplay is real because to AJ's point, we do have like, for me, I'm not gonna tell Chase or right. Budweiser to do something with a Vayner sports person because I care about that. On the flip side, I know everybody in marketing and they move around and there's a lot of people who are now making decisions that used to work with me that we don't have at Vayner Media who right. might have their headquarters in Charlotte. You know, like, that's, yeah, that's I would, a real I would say it's more about just the Vayner ecosystem. That, that's the biggest piece. To Gary's point, I think his brand being at the center of that and the network. Um, and we just get a lot of inbound too. You know, Gary creates a ton of content like we talked about. Vayner Sports is obviously a small piece of that content. And so we just get emails from people reaching out just saying, hey, saw Gary was in Indianapolis for the Combine. Didn't realize, like, by the way, people are still discovering that yeah. we represent football and players. And companies are getting smart. They're hacking me. Like, mm -hmm. when they reach out to Vayner speakers for me to give the keynote to their national convention, it's $200,000. If they reach out to Vayner Sports, they and they are really listening to yep. me, they know I give a lot of shits about Vayner Sports. Can they all of a sudden get me for 125 and give one of our athletes or two of our athletes 50K, save 25, and get shit from the athletes? Yep. News alert, yes. So people are getting smart. Mm -hmm. From a marketing perspective and your guys' perspective, obviously you've built the, the business on the social side of things and now in what you guys have done since then, but. How does that translate to the athlete side of things and where you see things going? Everyone, you know, is like TikTok, Instagram, things mm -hmm. like that. For your you know, athletes and what you're advising them on from mm -hmm. a social and just a marketing standpoint, where do you kind of like lean into? You know, it's funny. Like, I, I've always said this. Like, I think social or anything else is a self-aware game. We're a very young firm. This, even the majority of our athletes are quite young, very early in their career. And for the far majority of them, that first year or two is making sure that they actually can play at this level and get along with everybody in the locker room. And so, you know, the reality is that's, I think, a misnomer. I think AJ, mm -hmm. AJ's, uh, AJ's interesting point about us being 95% is a really funny one, right? Because I think people, I mean, I have friends who still think AJ's running VaynerMedia. <laughs> <laughs> and has always, like as if I'm a caricature. And vice versa, I think AJ carries a lot more salesmanship and charisma and pizzazz. And so, similar to this story, like I think a lot of people are very confused. I have zero emotion if every one of the 40 guys we repped even had a social yeah. account. I think it's a good use of time. I think there's a lot of opportunity. But, but some of our kids are wildly introverted. Yep. Some of them are desperately uh, trying to calibrate a new city. Uh, like so, how do I look at it? I look at it reverse engineering every kid that ever comes to us. Yep. Some people care more about their nonprofit and their camp. 
than making 10,000 on an Instagram yep. post. Yep. So uh, some care more about like dominating this and the reason they really signed is they know they'll have equity with me, AJ, when they're 34. I mean, some of the work we've done for Walter Powell and Derek Morgan is more than what people are doing for their current superstars. And we've done that post their careers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that um, I'm very not interested in in like one size fits all. Like yeah. I think kids when they meet us in the recruitment process are sometimes surprised yeah. that we're not like well, going I think bananas on or that have like fast. a camera in their face. Yeah, we're I, give think, yeah. Content I think right a lot now. of times these guys think that we want to make them like my brother, right? And so I'm always quick to emphasize that I'm like, guys, I, I share blood with him, and I'm, and he does yell at me like once every three weeks to create more content, <laughs> but he won't do that to the other guys. And by the way, he's right. Um, and so we're never forcing guys to be something that they're not. And then also, yeah, like, listen, I probably have had five or six conversations with clients about TikTok and highlighted how passionate I am and how much I believe that it can help them. And none of them have acted on it. I'm not judging them, but at the same token, we're not going to go create the content for them. That's not authentic, right? Yeah. So we can expose them. We can put them on early. We can, you know, I'm sending them literally examples of TikToks. I'm saying, hey, there's a trend on TikTok right now. You should hop in up to them to act on it or not, and we're not gonna shove it down their throat. Yeah, we being historically correct is right. super fun. Do you know how much fun I'm having with my team right now because none of them bought sports cards when I told them to in the last 18 months? I just look at their faces with free disgust. Money. It was free money, and they didn't take it. Why is and there I, so much heat around sports cards right now? I don't want to take it. This is going to derail the whole. I'm going to try to stay very disciplined <laughs> and not ruin this podcast, but here's the answer. Dads like me that grew up in the golden era of the 90s now having children that can collect because they're seven, eight, mm-hmm. nine, ten, and into yep. it. Uh, sneaker kids running out of inventory because the internet dynamics like StockX and you can't do the store thing anymore and wanting to use their entrepreneurial spirit. Entrepreneurship being the coolest thing to 15 to 30 while sports betting equally being cool to those 15 to 30 year olds. And this is a way to bet without losing. I'm being serious, by the way. And outside of, younger than 18, legally. And just right. cycles. Yeah, and, and by the way, cycles. Yeah. Like, why is high-waist jeans a cool trend than low-waist jeans? Why are tight cool than baggy? Why are jean j- jackets, like denim above your waist now cool again? Like, we just go through shit. And sports cards has done that for 100 years. People are acting like it's some new thing. Right. Like, there's been, this is the fourth big cycle in sports cards yeah. this 80 years. And so, but it's happened. And it's happening. And, you know, all you can do is tell people the right answer. I prefer pe- nobody takes me up on it because I enjoy telling them I told you so more than the enjoyment of actually them winning. So we're going to see a wine library of sports cards? You know, it's funny, when I was like 16, 17 and working my dad's store, half the time I used to daydream about what part of the store would I convert into a card (laughs) store. And actually now, with all the levels of W's that I put on the board with my dad, I actually actually had a conversation with him like, Dad, I really think the second- news. It's breaking for AJ. I think the second floor of Wine Library needs to become a card store (laughs) and we need to do shows on Saturdays and like, I think we're gonna. For you guys, I guess what's next from, you obviously have that pretty good ingrination in the NFL and you have seen a lot of success there. Now you're deep involved in the esports space with some investments. Is that some? Is that an area that you guys are going? Are you going to try to branch out into other yeah, sports? Yeah, I think baseball? it's on the horizon. I think that we've had a lot of active conversations over the last two to three months about it. We haven't landed on anything specifically, but you'd have to have your head in the sand to not recognize where esports is going. Um, I think Gary and I both, a, a big part of our own success both together and individually is the ability to see what's next. 
Um, you know, we had a great run and continue as investors and things of that nature. So yeah, I think esports is very much uh, on our radar and something that we're considering, and then all the other sports too. Um, but we're we're being mindful. We're taking it. We're not in any rush. We've got plenty to do on the football side, and we want to make sure that when we branch out, we branch out correctly. So it's on there. Yeah, I mean, as long as AJ is interested in doing this for the rest of his life, which at least on paper right now looks like there's a real potential. Well, and he needs I, to if you want to own the Jets, right? No, yeah. separate. <laughs> I think. Uh, and honestly, I'll have to close it down once he buys the Jets because then it's a conflict of interest, and yeah. I'll have to help run the team and bring a champ. Or I just might buy it myself and then have to negotiate with AJ. On <laughs> that would be that would. Well, I mean, we already, we have plenty of practice of doing that with fantasy baseball. So <laughs> true. Those get contentious didn't even, didn't, quickly. Didn't even call me on Jordan Alvarez. Not even a text of whim. Yeah. He just traded him in our league. Didn't even yeah, did touch base. Didn't even touch there. base. Yeah, that's true. I'm a little upset. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think I I, I find <laughs> it hard to not believe that. Um, look, the business itself of it's being bad. an agent is a bad business. Yeah. It's not an interesting business. See you guys taking cuts on their margins saying, yeah, no, we're not going to give you... Oh, it's you know, garbage city, US. It's I mean, a bad business. It's AJ a, will make more money on sports cards this week than he'll make in Vayner Sports these last I three mean, years. It's absolutely true. Um, so the only way to really make it viable, which at some point AJ's going to need to do, <laughs> is, uh, is to expand in, yep. in smart ways, whether that's more sports, whether that's different offerings. Yep. Um, so, I mean... When you're competitive and you're trying to build, no matter, you know, we, we often have a lot of great conversations over the last decade of like, how do I like building businesses? How does he like to build businesses? Ironically, he's picked a business that I think has to look at a model that's a little bit more scale, other than going in a complete, like it just depends on what your DNA is. And by the way, it can ebb and flow, like watching from afar and using history, you've seen some of the great sports agencies be, have, be the kind of firm that is 200 people and then when the alpha decides she or he wants to wind it down, they make it a seven person boutique shop in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And so I'm not quite sure, you know, I'm gonna follow AJ's lead. Um, uh, and But I, I, I think we have interest in, a, like we love basketball. Yeah, like absolutely, our, love baseball. We probably know more about baseball than every sport. Like we really love football and basketball and we both know a lot more about baseball than those two sports because we're in this uncomfortably competitive dynasty <laughs> baseball league where you have to know who Brandon Laura is when he's a 16-year-old prospect. So I have no idea who Brandon yeah. Laura is. And so like in four years you will, and then I'll replay this clip <laughs> on whatever the Instagram of the day is. And so like that's just like how it is. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm excited to see where the future holds on that front. And for you, what's like? what do you want to see the future happen, I guess? And just continued success and to Gary's point, branching out into things that we're passionate about. This is not a good business. You know, if, <laughs> if, if it were something that I was doing purely for the money, it would have never started. Um, and I would have never left VaynerMedia. We were doing quite well and they continue to do quite well without me. And so it was never about the financials of it. And so what this will ultimately do is we'll expand towards those continued interests. And my goal, my, my desire is that, you know, that cliche of if you do what you love, it'll, it'll be great and you'll make a ton of money and all that. That's where I'm headed. Yeah, I think we're too capable and too innovative. Like, if you told me the future held that we like invented another thing like baseball cards, you know, yeah. thirteen years in, and then that's what happened, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. That's how we roll. Like, we're AJ and I are. You know, Deontay Wilder obviously just took a his first loss, but uh, during that promo of that fight, 
with Fury too. He said something, and I'm not gonna get the quote right, but he's like, my opponent needs to be perfect for 12 rounds. Oh, yeah. I need to be perfect for one second. I really resonated with no, that energy. I think AJ and I are always one random, I mean, AJ and I got into tech because I read a article in a magazine that I picked up on a trip to Napa called a magazine called Business 2.0. This is a true story. Yeah. I don't tell it often. I literally pick up a, you know, I'm at the airport. I'm in the wine business. I mean, Reading honestly, magazines doesn't scream tech. Yeah, this was 2000. <laughs> yeah. when, when were you a freshman in college? This is 05, 06. Yep. Uh, it was 05. 05. Uh, I'm in Napa. We're in the tech business because I'm in, I'm in, I'm, uh, let me rephrase, I'm innovating in the wine business because I have a website right. and I do email and I'm buying Google AdWords. Yep. People have heard that before. But I pick up a magazine because my flight was delayed and literally read it, like read this business 2.0 and it was about domain names. Yep. Like fish.com is $48 million. I'm like, what? <laughs> and it was less about that hyperbole like sports cards. It was more about like there was something that just clicked in my chemicals. And when I landed, I called AJ. I called AJ on a Friday night yep. Yep, or a Friday Saturday, night. Friday, Friday night. night. He was at his like first college party or yep. second. It was definitely Literally, first month. No, I think it was the first one. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I'm, just, I'm like, you need to leave the party. He's like, all right, I'm gonna go outside. <laughs> the middle of like, doing a keg stand. Yeah, like yeah, whatever first, he's up no, to. Not quite, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plotting. And so like I like literally am like, I'm gonna change your life. This is literally what the opening line was. I'm like, I think I see something. It's like my third day in college. <laughs> And he's like, all right, bro, I'm talking to you tomorrow. Like, but like, we no, actually to his credit, we got like a 15 oh, minute call. Longer, way longer. longer. Yeah, I, I, don't I was recall. outside of a frat house for like an hour and a half in the freezing, it Is was that cold. True? Yeah, amazing. Like so like yeah. we had a real, and that was actually truly the seed which led to me investing in Facebook and Twitter yep. for me starting Wine Library TV. Yep. AJ started Jets TV. AJ's the first vlogger in the, in the family. This is true. He started Jets TV a couple months before Wine Library TV this in his true. dorm room. Yep. Like, it was the seed, and I almost, even in telling you this story, feel like we're gonna be at the combine, or at the senior bowl, or at the draft, or it's gonna be a Tuesday afternoon, and like I feel like we're, we're one conversation away from innovating in the sports business arena in a way that transcends it. I believe that to be true. We're, we just need one That's second. That's a good analogy. We just need one, everybody we're competing with needs to be perfect for 12 rounds. We literally need one conversation to win in business. Right now, we're we're trying to impact young men's life for a legacy, and AJ's striving for happiness, and like, and I'm macro fucking. I'm creating macro air cover for whatever the fuck we want to do forever. Mic drop. That's it's true. Thing. Yeah. Like what? Vayner Real Estate. Cool. What? Like I know what I'm doing. Like whatever becomes the flavor of the month. And yep. guess what? I have two young kids, AJ has, has two and sounds like an ambition for more and I have, uh, and I have, a, I have a nephew named Max who I like, I love the way he's navigating and forming. Like, we got reinforcements like, coming through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shit's a, I got plenty of things to deploy my air cover against so that's what I'm focused on mm -hmm. and, and so that's how we're thinking about shit. How do you want sports to be a part of your, the legacy of Vayner? You're I wanna, win, you're not I wanna win a fucking Super Bowl. I'm playing at this point professionally for one moment. Yep. Holding up the Lombardi trophy on Amazon Prime <laughs> and looking at America <laughs> and saying, I fucking told you. That's what I'm playing for professionally. What does it take to get there for you professionally? The ability and humility and patience that I deployed over the last decade of building infrastructure that allows me to trade off of in the future that actually creates the level of wealth to pull it off. And then once I get in at 59, 62, 73, 
then it's gonna be this, you know, that won't be tricky, right? You come in at 68, you pulled it off, everybody thinks I'm the greatest, I did it, I called my shot, and then I'm gonna have to be patient again mm-hmm. to not come in too hot and calibrate the new thing I have to deal with, which is I'm in a sport with injuries, I'm in a sport where I have to really support my GM, where deep down I think I know better. Uh, <laughs> have to be one B again. I have to become one B again. But yeah, that's that's, that's one A. That. But like to your point, that's a tr- that's a more of a one A. Actually, it's a Within great observation. Subset. And the way I get frustrated here is because I do have to support my leaders. Yeah. So, but I'm still be one A. But and then fucking like, no, you know, it's one thing to be patient at thirty, you know, four when I did it, or it's why I yell at all you twenty year olds like be patient. When you're 71 and now you're there and, and I'm gonna be like, all right, like, you know, you're, you know, to be patient for 10 years to build a proper organization that gives you a consistent chance, you know, I have empathy for some of the ownership groups that come in and are 80 and are a little impatient and I'm like, I get it. And so that's what I'm, that's how I want my legacy to be. What does owner Gary Vee look like? Oh, I'm gonna be a character. <laughs> I'm just, first of all, I'm gonna be a ridiculous character. First of all, it'll be really cool to be an owner who has the audacity and ability to communicate to the fan base that he's a bigger fan than they are. So it's Jets or Butts. We got the proof. It's Jets or Butts. I can't, I try, there used to be an inside joke that we had that we would buy the Milwaukee Bucks as our backup plan. (laughs) But then a super young guy bought them. I'm like, all right, they're off the board. Yeah. Uh, Like, uh, Nick's, you know, right, right across it, the. You know, know, there's a reason, I, there is a reason I sit here. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention, I don't know if you know this. This is actually the grounds where the Jets' proposed stadium was. Really, this is where one it was of my favorite be. things about having our office here is this is where the stadium would have been built. So that was the original plan. Uh, I think it's Jets or bust. I think it's Jets or bust. But you never say never, right? And when I'm at 80, and there might be an opportunity to buy the Padres, and it's warm and shit in San Diego, I might be like, yeah, fuck it. It could be worse places. To you know, live. yeah, it just might. Uh, there may be a fuck it moment at 80 or 90, but like, it's Jets or bust. Do you see sports changing at all between then? That may course, change what you want to do. That's why I bought. I already own a sports team. Yeah. If I'm as right, I mean, look, when AJ and I sold a piece to Steve Ross of VaynerMedia, in the contract was to get a piece of the Miami MLS team. And Beckham fucked us up because his contract let him get a team and he picked Miami. But like we would right now be a hefty owner of a MLS team. Uh, I own a heftier piece of a eSports Call of Duty team that, you know, we could all wake up in 20 years and it's like a real thing. Yeah, Um, rocker. I sometimes think about if I dilute my Minnesota rocker equity to buy the Jets, like it does... 20, 30% of ownership of an esports team equal an NFL yeah. team in 40 years when I'm 84. I don't think that's crazy. Nope. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, actually I don't think it's fucking crazy. I don't know what to say. <laughs> in What's the same the, way I don't think that buying LeBron James rookie cards are $7,000. <laughs> it all comes back to the cards. All sort of goes back to the supply cards. Supply and demand. Yeah. Let me promise you one thing. Understanding human beings and understanding supply and demand will get you super uncomfortably far. Being patient layered over that really allows you to trade because sports cards will crash. That's just like real estate. Just like anything. And art. There's ups and flows. And stock. So this is an up and down market, but understanding what's tried and true, what's, what's, net, what's Facebook and Google and Apple, LeBron, Jordan, you know, like stuff like that. Like, you know, that's the stuff that I navigate. And then the rest is just gambling. I think Juan Soto could be the best player in baseball and he's 20 and he's swaggy as fuck and he's Latin and like there's a lot of things that play out to like the short term bets. It's fun. 
I would like to have you put on your media hat for a second. I know we're talking about ownership, but like, you know, there's been a ton of conversation around, you mentioned baseball, swaggy as fuck. You mentioned, like, there's been a ton of conversation around what leagues are doing right with media, what leagues aren't doing right. What are you seeing? What leagues do you think? Is it the NBA, the end all be all? Is the NFL doing good things? Is MLB an opportunity there there's, for a media marketing standpoint? There's a couple variables, right? The NBA is end all be all, yes. Because David Stern is more Vince McMahon than he's Pete Rozelle. He understood creating superheroes always wins. Mm -hmm. Last night I went to Raw and I got to spend time with Triple H <laughs> and we were talking and it, like they think of it like Marvel. Like I, I bought a Jimmy Snuka sports card, wrestling 1982 All-Stars card, this week. Like they create characters and that's what the NBA, the NBA is the closest thing to superheroes. Mm -hmm. To me, when I look at it, that's what I see. But the NFL can't do that, helmets matter. Like 40 NFL superstars could walk in here right now and a lot of people just wouldn't know who they are. Yeah. So helmets matter. And then there's the so many dynamics. But like it comes down to commissioners. Like you get Stern and Silver back to back, you're in good fucking, you got two back to back innovators, different thinkers, good shit's gonna happen. Oh my God, if Apple had an innovator, if Apple had an Adam Silver, not a Tim Cook follow, Apple would have three awesome products that we would all adore right now. But it doesn't. And Tim's a good man and a good operator, but he's not an innovator. And that's a DNA thing, right? If I walked out right now and AJ walked in, and back to 95%, VaynerMedia would be more profitable the next day, right? I, I believe that, I really do believe it. It's, and it's in the edges, it's not some extreme, because yeah. I think AJ innovates, but like, it's like what, everyone's got different takes. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got different takes mm -hmm. and different strengths and these are not bad, the reason I use me in AJ is because it's not good or better, or right. I'm not saying I'm better, I'm just saying different. Yeah. And so the NBA has had the right two owners, in my opinion, for a media conversation. Do you know how happy baseball owners were with Bowman and Bam 10 years ago? They made a fuckload mm -hmm. while the NBA and NFL were making nothing. The problem is nobody knows who the fuck Bryce Harper or Mike Trout are. People give a fuck who Garrett Cole is. So cool, they made money up front, but they lost on the back end. So for me, it's basketball, number one by a country mile. I, I, I mean, globally, soccer does incredibly well. You know who they right. are. Even when they're ugly, they're weirdly attractive. I call it the <laughs> it's a beautiful game. I think it's, it's called, like the Raphael right? Nadal rule. Like, I don't think Rafi's that good looking. It's just like his abs and like the hair. And successful. Like, successful is a funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes everyone better looking. Yes, um, but but uh, soccer globally, uh, basketball globally, and obviously in in American terms, it is a. And this is actually why I like esports. Go talk to the average fourteen year old guy. They're a lot more excited about an esports player yep. than they are about your average baseball, football. I mean, I, I grew up loving hockey, but like that's laughable. I'm not sure I can get anybody in my office to name ten hockey players. Forget about knowing who they are, including name, me. including Essentially. including me at this point. Fuck, it, you know, like Jesus. Yep. Yeah, so bad. like, where the fuck, you know? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Same for you? Yeah, I mean, I'll speak to football specifically. I think something that hurts football so much is helmet first and foremost. Second, there's 53 guys on a roster, right? And there's 11 on the field at a time, and they play only one way, right? Basketball, a huge advantage of basketball is that one player can shift the entire dynamic of a team, both on offense and defense, right? And yes, the NFL with the quarterback, and that's why the quarterback's the most recognizable of the bunch, but 
helmets first and foremost, and then just the amount of time not making an impact on the game, right? The defense is on the field half the time. So I think that just hurts it quite a bit. We were talking about you guys being right and knowing what's coming, knowing what's next. What are you what are you buying and selling in terms of what's coming and what's next, at least from a sports standpoint or media standpoint or anything overall? And what is it that you're deep in besides baseball cards, besides that side of things? Like what is it that you're buying and you're you're long on without giving away your secret sauce so everyone finds I'm out? I'm happy to give it out. <laughs> I have no emotion towards it. I'm giving it away with sports cards. Um, you know what's awesome about how I'm living my life? I'm acting on it. The answer to your question is esports and sports cards. And I've deployed millions and millions of dollars, which I don't tend to do. I'm a little bit immigrant save, and I pour it all back into Vayner. Um, so those two are really at the tippy, tippy top. Uh, I think nostalgia, I'm a little bit interested. Uh, if I kind of hate this. Analogy. I saw something recently tell me too, is like about bringing back the Blockbuster brand, just as like a pure nostalgia play. Well, it is back. I mean, one of the coolest booths at. Uh, at ComplexCon was a Blockbuster brand integration. I don't remember what brand did it with them. Yeah, look, nostalgia always plays. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think math, I think data is a good place to play. I mean, if if you're really listening and you care to be an entrepreneur around sports, if you find analytics and math that prove out to be true, whether through what people put in their body or what or how people perform or resting or film, your mind and your body mathematically, whether through products or consumption of information to make you better on the field, is an incredibly big business uh, across the board. Uh, I think about, you know, you look at LeBron and the Calm commercials, I think mental health in sports is a really exciting place to look at. Uh, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I think it, it, I believe in it, uh, and I'm gonna try to interwine it into sports. so I'm extremely bullish on men's makeup as huh. a consumer trend over the next decade or two. So Why straight men wearing lipstick and glitter and nail polish, because uh, I think I already see it. I think if you look at heart throb culture at 12, 13, 14 year old girl levels, the boys that they're looking at that are on TikTok are playing in that punk rocker kind of like, I think if you look at like, American culture, the most suppress eventually become the culture. I think right now we suppress trans and things of that nature and so I'm excited that I'll get to see the cycle of that becoming the coolest part. So I don't know where this is going but it's going a little bit in Serge Ibaka and his scarves and Russell Westbrook and like basketball culture. Like I feel like within the next decade some NBA superstar is gonna just roll into the, you know, to the stadium with like some glitter on his face and it's gonna fuck with everybody. It's gonna be the moment. So that was a left field as fuck answer for you. Yeah, 100%. AJ, how about you? I mean, my, my answer's not going to be as eclectic as that one, but I liked it a lot. You don't spend as much time yeah, on TikTok? You can see yeah. Ode- can't you see Odell Beckham no, wearing like hun- nail No, by the way, I don't disagree with it at all. I know all. you do. Yeah, I, mean, no, I thought you liked it. Yeah, no, I really like it. It's a re- and it's the first I heard, time I heard you say it. Um, I, think, I think the biggest thing that I see, it's not necessarily an original thought, but... Um, Something I think is really intriguing in and why and I'll go back to TikTok is that I'm convinced that TikTok has a really long run in it um, and being the top most influential thing. And so what I think is really interesting, though, is because of the demographic that's really hitting right now, I think the stars of tomorrow, you know, the, what's it, 2020, the 2025 star is on TikTok right now. And by the time that that star, whether it's like a 13 year old or a 14 year old or whatever, but I just think it's really interesting how it's all lining up where 
their core consumer is going to become this 18 year old adult and spender and consumer. So I just think, I think it's already happened. Celebrity has taken a big hit, right? And the traditional celebrity of musician and actor and actress and athlete uh, has already taken a huge hit, you know, in the last 10 years. And Gary and I have had some funny meetings with traditional celebrities that are in denial that it's happened and that they're less relevant. But I think we're going to have a second instance of this that's going to be really substantial where I guess a little bit like how Bieber from YouTube became a super duper duper star. I think we're going to have a really high volume of super duper stars in the next in five years that come from that demographic. And I think how it reson- what, how, how to make this make sense for this conversation, and I think what I was listening to AJ, what I got is athletes need to be very careful. Yeah. What AJ's referring to is almost every 15 year old girl that can dance can make more money in yes. marketing yes. than almost every football player. Yes, absolutely. Here, let's get into real talk. Like athletes need to get smart yep. because the laziness of I'm an athlete, I can get appearance fees, I can get endorsements, yep. is over. Which, as you can imagine, sitting from our stance, is a really <laughs> good thing, yeah. because that is gonna continue to drive the value out of why we're gonna drive more value to athletes, because we understand that, we can navigate that, we can execute around that, and so that excites me quite a bit. How do they get smart? They start More effort. <laughs> That's it. Better decisions. And that's not as simple as like sign with us and not no, others. No, not at all. There's a lot of other it's literally, people. It's literally uh, more effort and less caring about perception from others. You know, I think a lot of Motherfuckers it's like Motherfuckers need I... to stop worrying about trying to be cool. Yep. When nobody gives a shit. That's one. Number two, whether it's Vayner or something else, like too many kids are signing their buddy as their marketing person. That's not smart. It's nice, but be nice like I am. Just give your friends money. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think the convergence of name image likeness and TikTok and yep. whatever's next is gonna be fascinating. You're gonna have the freshman five-star point guard or freshman five-star quarterback being able to monetize off their name image and likeness. That's gonna create a really interesting dynamic. Have Shit's you guys already started done stuff in college sports? Or what do you even see with college sports? I'm assuming you guys are We looking. see a lot. We can't do anything because of yeah. NCAA rules, but we are foaming at the mouth for these rules to pass. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you do, make sure to take a screenshot of the rating slash review and share it on social media to get some front office sports swag. We'll see you next time.